everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Hello, everyone. We are here. We are currently live on Patreon, and we are discussing uh, Redenfield. That's right, y'all. We put up on a brand new movie. No thanks to Peacock. So <laughs> rent first. Off the bat. Off the bat, y'all. So I, I'm an Xfinity bitch because that's where I live. They have a monopoly. It's not my choice. And a few weeks ago, they were just kind of like, hey, y'all, the bottom tier on Peacock, you'll have commercials because they were giving it to us for free. So I was like, let me watch it once without commercials a couple weeks ago. And I went to go rewatch it. So when we record this episode, and guess what? It's locked. You got to have like a premium subscription to fucking Peacock to see this shit now. That's nice. I'm not going to give them no more money. And so I was like, from my memories, from the Batcaves, what did I think? I had thoughts. I had many thoughts. Um, Right. But like, just don't be lying to people. If you're not going to take something away, just say we're taking it away. Don't be like, oh, it's going to be different. And Netflix did something really similar. Like, because I went to the ad tier on Netflix, um, because I don't really mind to watch ads. It's whatever. But they didn't tell you that there are certain things that will be locked if you're going to do the ad thing. So there's not a lot, but like, there's a a few. Because I went to go watch a movie that I wanted to watch. And I was like, where the fuck is this movie? And lo and behold, it had a little lock on the screen and... And here's what pisses me off about Netflix. Part of the reason the strike is happening is because of the way they abuse um, talent. And so you ain't paying people and you want more money. Right. That's what. That's one of the reasons I went down to the lowest tier. I was like, I ain't supporting you. I only have you because of certain things I've got. I want to watch, but like, you ain't get extra money. They need to pick a fucking lane. You can't be like, we ain't gonna pay people, but we need more money. Where's the money going? Where people on strike? Girl, I can't do you, shit. What? You know where that money's going. To the yachts and the buy-in social media apps where people bullied them, little bitches. And right. anyway, I, what they've done is they've made us more creative. I am waiting to be invited to my first bootleg Netflix party where somebody turned their fucking camera phone around and we watch Netflix on their TV together. I'm waiting for that day. <laughs> it will be any day now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'll be like, the circle getting wild. Oh. <laughs> yes, the circle. I think it's the second time we've referenced the circle. I love that show. I need to catch it's- up because I saw the first season with friends and we were locked up in the pandemic. Um, this last season, it's good. It's I need to get back. It's just, it's hard because like it's, it was my pandemic show with the roommates. Mm-hmm. And I think that a part of my brain is like, bitch, you locked up again. Like, no, I'm not. I can go outside now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This last season was fun. Uh, and they've all been fun for different reasons. But girl, let's get into Renfield because okay. we both have a note that we need to start with. Which Nicholas one? Nicholas Holt could get it. He could fucking get it. You know he how I feel. so hot. You know how I feel about British actors. You know <laughs> that is my bread and butter. Um, <laughs> he I, is so hot. I also because like he he got hot because like he used to be a child and I thought he was like much younger than me because we watched movies so late in life as a kid. So I was right. like, who's this little baby? But he is no baby. He is a grown man. He is age appropriate. I could be looking at him disrespectfully this whole damn time. But I was like, oh, <laughs> oh he might be legal. This bitch is out here in his 30s. He looking right. He looking real right. Yep. Yep. Uh, mm, 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 mm. The whole he time. 
the whole fucking time. Also, 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 he's a really good actor. Like, I love it when you can be hot and talented. Oh. It doesn't happen all the time. Listen, there's a lot of there's a lot of hot people out there who can't do nothing, and a lot of people who ain't hot doing the most. And so, like, <laughs> yes, absolutely. But it was just <sighs> funny because I normally when I see him as a psychic character, like even in about a boy, it was him and Hugh Grant. Um, and in those X Men movies, he gets thrown around a little bit. The ones I actually did sit through, and so I was like, he, "Is he the secret lead?" Because I. I don't watch trailers. I don't do digging, as we know, so I can be surprised. And so when we kicked out with him narrating, like, is Nicolas Cage not going to be Renfield? And it was like, no, bitch. He's a Dracula. You know this. I'm like, you right. I'm sorry. I'm listening. Right. And, well, he's also in that movie Warm Bodies, which I haven't watched since it came out, about the zombie that thinks or whatever. It was, I liked it when I watched it. It looks like a rom-com, and so I've not seen it, but I do like looking at his warm body, so I might try and give it a whirl. Um, it's kind of a rom-com if a rom-com was a horror movie. I, that's my thing, because I'm rooting for everybody <laughs> horror, but also, I, I just, I don't know. The rom coms take thing. me away. Yeah, yeah. They are not my cup of tea, but he is I liked it, though. Yeah, you you like hot. the cheese. You like the cheese and the whiz. All the cheese, <laughs> and the whizzes, and everything. I love the whiz, I love... He's on down, he's on down the road. He's on down the road. Yeah, um, but I, just back to Nicholas for a second, aside from me thirsting after him. I love his performance in this because he gives it an anchor that we need because it could have gone real big body over the top comedy mm-hmm. and that would have made it a little bit trashy, especially because like Nicholas Cage, we have two Nicks in here, a tale of two Nicks if we were titling these, which we're not this summer. <laughs> Fuck us. We should have saved this for title time. Oh, <laughs> what a tale of two Nicks. Um, Nicolas Cage is a bombastic actor, which is why we all tune in. We don't know what the project is. We don't know if it's going to be good, but we know he's going to give us something to talk about. (laughs) Truly. And he gets to be completely unhinged here because like Renfield is so grounded. And I think that that is just like a really smart choice instead of trying to like play it up and match it with Nick Cage to be like, Mm -hmm. I too can get up there to just sort of be like loneliness, isolation, abuse. Yes, these are real things. But also, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I'm going to throw an arm at you because I think I'm falling for you. What? <laughs> right. I 100% agree. I think this is one of Nicolas Cage's best performances that I've seen um, because it allows him to do what he's really good at, which mm-hmm. is character acting, over-the-top yes. stuff, like you mentioned, like, the bees, the bees. The you bees. Know. <laughs> Nicolas Cage shit is my favorite video on YouTube ever, still. <laughs> And it's and it's in smaller doses, so you're not like it's not shoved in your face the whole because that gets a little alienating. The main thing about Nicolas Cage is he is a spice, which I know that feels weird to say about a white man, but he is a spice, and you need to understand how to use. I mean, salt is a spice. Listen, (laughs) (laughs) white people white people swear by it. Okay. A little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, all the recipes ever say. And I'm like, this is already wrong. I can't, I can't believe you, Paula Dean. I can't believe you. Oh. You missed, you forgot the stick of butter in the Paula Dean. Oh, she's more than a stick. She's like, put the whole box in. I'm like, Paula, you can get I, salt from not butter. You know that, right? She's like, no, bitch, do it. These are muffins. I'm like, oh, my heart hurt. Oh. <laughs> but I, but Nicolas Cage is a spice. And you need to know how to use that spice in each dish. Mm-hmm. And some people put too much of the Cajun. Some people don't put enough of the Cajun. And this was just right. It did like Goldilocks. It was just right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. He, it, he was a fun time for sure. I, I 
think that this is probably one of my favorite Nicolas Cage roles recently as well. I still stand by Raising Arizona being his best movie. I know I've not mm. seen it in a minute. It's probably embarrassing me on the internet as we speak. Somebody's writing an article. That's a diss <laughs> article right now. Um, but I think him and Holly Hunter in that movie did some real good stuff. And it sticks with me all these years later. Yeah. I Yeah. It's been so long since I've watched that, but I liked it when I watched it. I also, really, you know, of course, I've got to go with Moonstruck. I love Nicolas Cage in Moonstruck with, with, our, with the goddess that is Cher. Um, I Gemini. Yeah. <laughs> love her so much. Her Oscar winning performance, show, as we should say. Listen. Um, <laughs> but before anybody comes for me on that, I do believe, even though I love Moonstruck and it is fantastic. I haven't seen Silkwood. I'm sure she should have won for Silkwood and maybe not for Moonlight or uh, Moonstruck because Moonstruck is at its heart a rom com. And Silkwood was really dealing with some shit. <laughs> the 80s loved rom coms. They loved them. So many rom coms went straight from being made to getting awards. And I was like, oh. Um, meanwhile, they're like, we can't see you, horror. And I'm like, fuck you. What? They I feel like I was around. Up. I wasn't around, but I'm looking at the receipts and I'm. <laughs> I'm upset on my behalf all these years later, y'all. <laughs> but yes, love Nicolas Cage in Moonstruck. He is one degree away from the goddess. And so maybe that's what happened. He got too close to the sun. Now he's wild now. <laughs> he burned himself. He did. Like Icarus. He was like, oh no, the bees, the sun. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. He's chaotic. I will watch his movies. I need to see the one with him and Zaddy Pascal still. The Unbearable Weight of Talent. It's on our friend's stars account, which I have access to, and I should go ahead and watch that real quick because Daddy Pascal, nice look at. <laughs> and he's good at matching energy with his co-stars, and so I'm trying to imagine what him and Nikki Cage get up to together. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting. Um, I also have to talk about because I and this is kind of maybe a little murky, and maybe you can expand on this, but I did enjoy, I'll start with the positive and then I'll go with the negative. I did enjoy that at the center of this film, or center adjacent, maybe not center center, but you know, right there in the to the left maybe, that we do have um, women of color who are sisters. I really like that. I do recognize that Aquafina is murky. One of my that's notes. Why, that's that's <laughs> That's why I meant, you know, that's why I said it's maybe Murky Waters. I don't necessarily love her. I just love that it was women of color and it wasn't about them being women of color. They just were. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know the whole story with the Aquafina stuff. I don't, you know, I don't do the Twitter she, as much as she you She wanted my notes. I can tell you right here, right now. So let, 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 that's why I said, let's let you get into it. I do. I just want to say, I enjoy that they're there, but I do recognize that she has done and said problematic things. I, I'm going to go ahead and lead in with the good. Um, the good is I did not know Aquafina was going to be here until I hit play. Because, again, I don't know things. I don't investigate. Um, and it was nice to do something different than what I'm used to. She got to be a little bit more of a straight man in this one, if you will. And, I mean, my issues with her character are more writing things, which I'll get into later. But it was nice to see that she has the skills to do other things. Because we always make her sort of the same character. And I, I worry about anybody being typecast, especially a person of color, even if that person of color... Is a shaky bitch. Um, to get into the shaky bitch of it all, Aquafina landed on the scene um, speaking in African American vernacular. For those of you who um, don't understand, that's when white people, Miley Cyrus, um, decide they're going to be black now. But also because colorism is a real thing and anti blackness is a real thing, 
other cultures sometimes do this. And so for Aquafina to do that and make it part of her like character, which was not a character, but it was her getting seen and getting into these things. And then be like, now that I have a couple bags, let me go back to my phone voice and I'm here for you, good sirs and madams. Welcome to the Academy Awards. And so like people feel a way about it and I'm not mad they feel a way about it because it is fucked up to be like, it's exactly what Miley Cyrus was like, I'm getting tattoos and I'm twerking. And then the second that like her dad was like, I acknowledge you exist now. She's like, I'm a good girl. I'm a good Christian girl and I do country music. <laughs> um, the rap music had warped me. <laughs> right, That's right. And so I just need bitches to sound the way they sound. Like, if you say you come from this area and that's how people talk and we believe you and then you get your first bag and you're like, no, actually, it it was a character. It was a long time. I'm so sorry. I'm looking at you. Especially if if you're using a black scent and or, you know, African-American vernacular. I just, yeah, I I didn't want to speak on that. I I knew that she is. It's 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 shaky and it's so fucking shaky because again, like at any given time, there's maybe a handful of Asian actors that people are talking about and she's one of them for the last few years and so she's everywhere. And so you you don't want to be pissing on her because like, again, like it's, it's hard to hear for everybody of color, but also as far as I know, she's yet to apologize, explain herself and open the wallet to support Black Lives Matter or anything going towards like black trans kids or anything like that. As far as I know, she's yeah. her money and saying less now. That's all I know about her. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I will say, I don't really, the only movies that I, at least on the top of my head right now, that I've seen her in, because I'm not like an Aquafina stand account or anything, is this and The Little Mermaid. <laughs> she was in The Little Mermaid? I haven't seen it. So I don't know why I'm even like, who was in there? Because I don't she's, know who's in there. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's not. She's the voice of one of the characters. Okay. Um, yeah. She, again, because she she is unfortunately one of the few Asian people who can get consistent work. And so, like, I, I tried to do Crazy Rich Asians, but I also don't do rom-coms. So I just went to sleep on it and let them have the plate from my account. But I know she turns up in there somewhere, according to Google. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, and I saw, I did see Shang-Chi. I think I'm saying that correct. It's been a minute since I practiced uh, that. Yeah, I haven't watched that. <laughs> It was, it was one of the better Marvel movies of this recent era because yeah. they've been doing a lot of shit lately. They just ruined Guardians of the Galaxy, which the first movies were so much fun. How do you come back for the third one and be like, we forgot who we is? The last one too, right? It's, the, it's supposed to be the last one, but also, you know, Chris Pratt is like, maybe not. And so now it's it's not officially ended and I don't want to ruin too much. But like, mm. it was supposed to be the last one and then it's like, what star Lord might come back? You don't know. And I'm like, just send him on his like happy... <laughs> this church send him back, right? Like, send him back to uh, whatever that church is he goes to now, and let him be his on his own. <laughs> speaking of problematic people, we were trying to root for before we knew better. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. He lost weight and became the world's biggest douche canoe. And I was like, "This her. <laughs> you didn't have to do all. You could have just said nothing." And he's like, "No, I need people to know it's me." <laughs> like, right. I mean, pretty people can get away with a lot, but like at some point. People gonna come for you, even if you're pretty. My other thing is, he was in Marvel's stable of Chris's, so there is always a better Chris. So if you want to be a problem, there's multiple better Chris. You gonna look at Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pine, <laughs> Chris right. Evans, aka Chris Evans. America's ass. <laughs> Chris Evans is my that he's my Chris. America's the other ass. ones are good too, but Chris Evans. Whew. Listen. Until Chris Pratt opened his mouth, I had no bad Chris's. 
Um, and then he was like, guess what? And I was like, you're demoted. You're a B team, Chris. Now, Chris Pine, you're back in off the bench, baby. And he's like, I'm here. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm still hot. I'm still hot. I'm still hot. I still got him. Like you do, sir. You do get it. Get it. You better wear that suit, boy. Oh. <laughs> Uh, this is a thirsty episode. I blame Nicholas Holt. <laughs> this, I, that's fine with me. Um, let's do, let's discuss the violence and the gore because, like, it was definitely a choice. I enjoyed it. Same. Um, it, it was over the top, but I think that's its charm, right? This is my kind of stylized violence because it's so cartoonish and it's so ridiculous that you're laughing. Like when him and Aquafina are throwing people around outside the apartment buildings, and it's just like, oh. Ha, ha, Sorry, you had to see that. Hi. <laughs> or when they are like, we got Dracula down. We got to dismember him immediately. And they're like, it might have been overkill, but also you've never killed a Dracula, so you don't know what you go there. <laughs> You're like cutting him, mincing him up in little pe- bits and pieces. Like, yeah, that was good. Yeah. I like I that. Think it's, I think that's fun. And I think it's also just sort of cool because a lot of horror comedies forget that they are horror comedies and lean into the comedy. And mm-hmm. this is like, no, they can take it. They can take a little blood. They can take a little limb. Oh, right. and I'm like, thank and, you. Right, and I like this horror as a genre right now. I think overall, I know there's subgenres and horror comedy is always a thing. I just think most of like mainstream horror is very ultra serious, mm. and it's like trauma porn and like let's talk about pedophilia again and parental abuse and neglect and this is just like let's just cut up dracula and a little mincemeat and then put him in concrete and put him in (laughs) things we can relate to because if i had a dracula down we're gonna dismember his ass too um i i just i really appreciate this and i i do wonder if this need to like center trauma and horror is why i'm fighting my way into horror comedies lately because like since We've been introduced to Mr. Josh Rubin's Scare Me and him himself. That was our gateway drug. It Your was. gateway drug specifically. I was kind of there already. You were already there. No, but like that little cancer <laughs> walked in and was like, I make good movies. And I was like, what? Um, and then it led me to other people. And that's why I saw like the new Summer Party Massacre um, reboot, which was really good. It's better than the original. But people are ready for that conversation because how dare clutch the pearls. Um, it's how I saw When the Screaming Starts, which was the funniest thing in that festival that year. It's why I'm waiting for it. Hashtag Chag is the axe to come out so all my friends can see it this year because it was the funniest, creepiest round footage movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and I want everybody to see it. And I think that I think that because things have been so shitty, um, shittier, because things have always been shitty, especially for a lot of us. But like the last few years have been like a shitty concentrate, you know, like orange juice in the freezer and nobody's frozen. putting water in it to dilute it. In the can. Uh, right? It's like, bam, bitch, right in your face. And it's still frozen and it hurts. And so I think that, I think that that is why um, the comedies have had to get smarter because they are tackling things, but they're doing it in a horror comedy way, as opposed to like the 80s, where it's like, let's tell a bunch of like <laughs> sexist, racist jokes and bust some ghosts. Yeah. That and like I also because like early aughts horror comedies are really not my thing. So when you when you say I've always been a horror comedy person, I used to hate. Like I still hate the whole scary movie franchise. I hate them all. The first one is okay. Okay, I don't hate the first one, but like past that, they're all terrible, and I don't want to watch any of them. The Wayans were there for the first two, and then white people took it from them. So yeah. And maybe I, I might have to give the second one a shot. I because I just I, it's just it's also just not my humor. But like, and that's also the eighties uh, 
and nineties horror comedies as well. Yeah. But I do think that as a, as a worldwide global society, a global culture in the last five years has just been traumatic. I mean, you're, you're seeing depression rates rise, suicide rates rise, which is all terrible. And we see all this atrocious things out in the real world. So like when I go to the movies, I don't always want to watch um, some gripping, metaphysically questioning my life and abuse I might have lived at. It. Like, you know, and you know me, I love a drama. I love it. You love but, a like, drama. I do love a drama. But I need some, I, I've got to have a palate cleanser every once in a while. And this was a really good palate cleanser. And I think you hit the nail on the head because for white people, the last few years have been a lot. Um, because now like a lot of people are like, it's been bad for y'all the whole time. I'm like, yes, yes, it has been. Because so many people, Welcome. Racism, <laughs> so many, so many white people, specifically white liberals were like, racism just began because Trump got elected. I'm like, the reason he got elected is because racism has been real forever. It's been hard for us out here forever. You see it on social media for the first time. That's a you thing, girl. Um, but like, and they're like, you're right. You're right. And so I think that now that like, even like the white liberals have to be like, it is real fucking bad out here. We all want to laugh together. Um, and that was the missing piece because like, again, a lot of these horror comedies, they're still not giving people of color and queer people chances to make most of them. Um, and the queer people who do get to make them are white because again, um, that is our yeah. fucking <laughs> chain of command. They're like, like two. <laughs> listen, listen. Um, and so like it's it's still not what it could and should be, but because these things have to be taken into consideration, we're getting less. I'm gonna just be fucking offensive because I can, and we're getting more. This is what I'm gonna say about this thing through my lens, whether it's feminist or whether it's queer, and that makes it a little bit more accessible. And because some of them are actually getting people in there to help them and or thinking about the casting, we are getting some good stuff. Right. I was just looking at the creative team behind this film and uh, get the, of course, of course, all of the dudes have pictures on their IMDb profiles and the one woman writer has no picture. And she's worked for like South Park and like big names, South Park, uh, or so Central Park, not South Park. Yeah. Oh, oh, Central Park, she should definitely be known. I, for that, because she's the only woman writer, um, I'm imagining a lot of the places she's been, because she's probably a comedy writer. Again, I don't know her, because I'm not looking at IMDb. What's her name, even? Ava Tramer, T-R-A-M-E-R. I will say that as a woman in the world, it's hard. And a woman comedy writer, it's even harder. So she might be like, I don't want to get docs. I don't want to get stalked. Mm. I don't want men hitting on me. Just run me my fucking check and take my fucking scripts, please. Yeah. And thank you. Because it's it's really fucking hard, especially for women in writer's rooms. Like so many of my friends who get into writer's rooms get ripped apart because the men are threatened. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so they're just like, I, I'm I'm being ripped to fucking shreds for, for whom's and for why and for whose ego. Yeah. But you know what? Seeing this, these writers' uh, uh, resume, I get why, because one of my notes, I think we have similar ideas here. Some of this humor and the jokes worked for me and some didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just my, that's just my tasted humor, I think, because none of none of it fell out of the world that this film was giving me. It just, it, it, sometimes I didn't find it funny. And a lot of these people are writing for like Rick and Morty and it, 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 no shade to those who love Rick and Morty. It's just not my cup of tea. Um, 
The, so now the, that makes a lot of sense. The thing about a 90 minute comedy is it's hard because like a lot of these, a lot of these horror comedies are skits that we got to stretch the fuck out. And so you end up putting in jokes to everybody. So you don't lose anybody for too long. And mm-hmm. so like you do sort of sit, sit around sometimes to be there for the darker shit. Like I am and be like, ha ha, I'm back. <laughs> um, Cause like even, even my favorite horror comedies, there's a little bit of something for everybody. It's like a mixed bag. Um, or they're like being like, can we go further with these dark jokes? How you gonna feel if we go here? And it's it's like anything else. Like I, it's like horror needing to know if it's a time for a jump scare or if it's a time for some suspense. Uh, and it's a different bag of tools, and they just gotta like use them differently because no no horror comedy has me laughing all the way through. Um, right. Right. Most of the way through, Mr. Rubin again. Um, <laughs> um, but no horror comedy's like, I laughed the whole 90 minutes. I lost weight. I almost peed myself. That's just not my bag. I'm broken. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what joy is. I can't afford her. Um, so <laughs> I, while we're talking about the writing things, the thing that sent me the most were the exposition dumps. Because mm. we would just be like, here's this giant block of text all of a sudden in the middle of the precinct. Let's talk about my dead dad. And I'm just like, there, was there no private room to do this or a conversation that seemed more natural as opposed to this like random moment that feels like very staged with a chorus of cops around you? <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. It didn't bother me as per se. But yeah, because I it, it felt to me like very... Like a '90s cartoon, where like they're set, they're stuck in this like event that's huge. And they're like, let me break the fourth wall and tell you something. It didn't always work for me, but at least I understood the style. I think they were going for. I did not because like the one I keep zeroing in on specifically is when Aquafina's character, whose name I just forgot because I'm great. Um, let me go pull Rebecca. that up. Thank you. Rebecca and her captain are talking because like she pulled in um, the rich kid whose family is connected. And instead of them going to a private room, they sort of scream at each other in front of everybody else. And then he's like, I promised your dead father I would take care of you. And that's what I'm trying to... I'm like, this, uh, is not, yeah. this is not a public moment. You don't need spectators for this. These are private cops. <laughs> right. And they have like a really good in to introduce that because I did like that her and her sister had a familial trauma with losing their father and in a pretty violent way, I assume. Um, And then wanting revenge, but going about it in two different ways. So I liked that, but you didn't need to hear that from the police, her chief. You could have just heard that from the sister and it would have been fine. Or because we have Renfield narrating anyways, he could have done that. Because if your lead character is narrating, it's less sticky when we get the backstory and the exposition dumps. Because he was giving the exposition dumps for the first 15 minutes. And I was fine with it. It's this movie. We need to know about him and Dracula's history. But like for us to be like, and now, in front of everybody, I promised your dead father when he died a horrible death in the streets last year on and March this- 5th. Like, but this man did. He did it. Right, that dude like, right there. Right, his mother's connected to the crime laws, and so we can't take him in. And you know this. And I'm like, come on, y'all, do better. Make it smoother. Pick your shit up. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm the bra from Drag Race. Step your pussy up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I agree. I agree with that one. Can I mention though, the woman that plays the the matriarch of the crime family? Yes. Her voice 
I I I need her to read every audiobook I ever order from now on. Her name is Bella Francesca Lobo, mm-hmm. which I also live for that name. Bella Francesca. It can't be Bella and it can't be Francesca. It is Bella Francesca. You better get uh, you some crimes in to get boss, bitch. <laughs> and she played that character. I I almost root, I was almost rooting for her. I was like, get your dumbass son in line and get your get your money, honey. Like <laughs> I love when her dumbass son, Teddy, bring home this vampire in a box. She's not like, oh, vampires are real. She's like, hello, Mr. Dracula. Are you single? <laughs> and I was like, bitch, you better get you some eternal life. What? <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, because of course, like, I am not one of those people that glorifies or loves the villain, usually. Like, I, I think they, but villain. I also think as an actor, the villain can be so fun to play. And you can just tell that Bella Francesca was having the time of her life, just living in this luxurious life and like playing this mob wife that, you know, you usually see in like, Bravo reality TV. (laughs) I live because like, first off, I love a good villain. Secondly, I love a good bad bitch villain. And I also love that the only person that Dracula could partner up with in this movie happens to be her because her son is worthless. Like Ben Swartz, we were talking about Chris Pratt earlier. Ben Swartz is also a Parks and Rec and he ain't here embarrassing me on the internet last time I checked, which is fine. He's also hot. You can feel that way. Do you remember when Sandra Staines came out and they were saying that him and Steve must be related because of the hair? Yes, and they have similar like facial features. I feel I can see them playing uncle and nephew or something. But oh, he is so hot. Oh, I think it's the nose. I got a thing for big noses. <laughs> I think he's funny, but like I'm not out here um, thirsting. Um, um, but I thirsting. I do think he's funny. Um, and like I, I'm not saying that he's not attractive in his own way. <laughs> Thank you, Sheree. <laughs> I've never, I've never looked at the screen and been like, "Oh no, he hurt my eyeballs." Oh, but like, the I whole just... time, this watching this movie, I was like, "I don't know who to." I can I have both? Can I have him and? <laughs> here's, here's what I love about this character, though, is that like <laughs> it's John Ralphio <laughs> in the mafia. It's the same fucking character in a different outfit. <laughs> I just, I fucking love. But he makes it a different experience. So you almost don't catch it. And you're like, no, good sir. This is your same bag of tools. I just saw. I just saw this. <laughs> yes. I yeah. I I, I loved all the performances were, were pretty were really good. Uh even even though like, yes, I admit she is murky. But like even Aquafina's performance in this like deadpan fuck all you. Like, I love every time she tells these police officers to fuck off. And then she, when they're letting the dude go, and she's like, he just told a room full of cops to fuck off. And you're just like, okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I live for that character to be the one who makes sense, especially because like, so, so many women of color know what it's like to be the only voice of reason in the entire building. And people are just like, no, let it go. And you're like, but why? And they're like, because shenanigans. Like, <laughs> the gaslighting. Yes. Oh, and then, but I also and I also loved that. Like I, I I alluded to this earlier, but I love that her her the dynamic between her and her sister, um, and her sister is play her sister is gorgeous, played by um, Camille Chen. Uh, oh wait, no, Bella Francesca was the woman's character name. I can't pronounce her actual name, so I'm not going to try. But uh, anyway, um. I 
loved that they were both looking for revenge in different ways. And ultimately, uh, Rebecca's way, which is the more like, let's just fucking burn it down uh, way, is the one that prevailed. I don't know. I, I just love that dynamic that they're both like actively trying to do something because typically you'll have like the one sister who wants the revenge and the other sister who's like, no, you're letting this devour your life and, uh, you know, let it go, peace and harmony. And now the other sister was like, no, I want to fuck them up too. I'm just doing it in my own way. And ultimately, Rebecca's is the way that, that wins out. And I like that. So I love having two women of color in a movie um, because so often we barely get one. Um, and I love that they are sisters. There's no competition. There's no gaslighting. There's no fighting. It's just like, yeah, we got this. Yeah, I'm going to help you. Yeah, I'm going to do it because you need me to do it. But I do think that we could have we could have given the sister a little bit more to do because she came across yeah. as super passive. Yeah. And I kept almost forgetting about her. And even when she's almost in danger, she's not really in danger. And so it's just like, there were no stakes for her for me. You know what? And I would be curious when this comes out on DVD or Blu-ray. I don't. I, I may or may not buy it. Who knows? But um, I would be curious if some of her scenes were cut for time. I, I wonder because I feel like the people in the support group got more screen time than her, which is why mm-hmm. it was easy to be like, oh, yeah, we're rooting for those two with the margaritas. <laughs> or this group leader's been through it. Let him live. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I, I do wonder if there could have been more to her and we just didn't find it or what? Because like, again, it's really cool to have two women of color in this bitch, especially like in a police precinct because the police, a cab, a cab, a cab. But to have them there, you know that they had to go through some shit. They're still catching shit. And even though we're doing it in this dramatic open around room where we talk about everybody's fucking exposition dumps, like I think that there's probably more to her and it would make her stick out to me as opposed to just being like, get your bag, girl. Um, I would have to be like, get your bag. And also... More thoughts about you. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. I this is the a prime example of a solid good movie. Like, yes. is this gonna be anywhere near my top ten for the year? Probably not. But <laughs> it was a damn good time. Like I would revisit this movie for sure. If I were to do a top twenty, it might make it in there because like Yeah. I don't know me. And also it's the middle of the year. I don't, anything could happen. Um, but like, I just, I, again, I think that a lot of the time people need something to be either a one or a 100. And there are so many numbers in between. And I think that this is a high mid movie for me, uh, maybe a low good movie for, I don't know yet. Cause again, I only got to see it one time Peacock Xfinity. Um, and so <laughs> I, I had a good time. I, I didn't see anything on this first watch where I was like offensive little fucks, which is a lot of war comedies still today. And True. so <laughs> I, I'm here for it. I'm not mad at it. I want to see Renfield do more shit. I don't think we need a sequel. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I wish this character could continue in a graphic novel or something. I know Brie Tippett is out there waiting to draw. <laughs> Especially if it if they still use the image of... <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Holt, because that's a good image. Woo. I love that view. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that again, I love a British actor. Um, and I think part of my, the appeal for British actors to me is that like London actually cares about the arts, and so it's not like it's a, you're shamed for going into the arts. And they give it funding, and they make sure people get bursaries, which are scholarships, so they can like go to Lambda and these other like big ass schools and like get immersed in it. 
and like learn how to do it from all angles and do it correctly. Whereas over here, a lot of us are almost quilting together our experiences to be decent at something <laughs> and trying to put out dumpster fires or the capitalism while people telling you you ain't shit because you want to go into arts. Um, go well, be a all nurse. The, all the while, all the time, continuing to go to the like to go to yep. the movies and to listen to the radio and to, I'm just like, do you when like the whole like shutdowns and all that was happening and they were trying to say that like entertainers weren't you know like valued or whatever i was like do you realize how much time you spent while you were locked in down just watching shit watching it act artists on screen like the whole damn time <laughs> if we didn't have artists i would have i don't lost my brain and the first thing they want to defund the arts. Don't give the kids an outlet. Make them play football or sit here studying each other and see if they Make get in trouble. Give each other concussions and then they'll murder their wives when they're older. Listen, it seems to be the track. Just saying, empirical uh, evidence. Right? Right? I'd rather they like stop defunding the arts and start defunding the programs that born in sales because I'm tired of the in sales hatching and then going into the real world and I have to work for them. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> But I think that's part of the reason why I'm really happy that Nicholas Halton got this role. Um, because, like, again, I don't get to see him be the lead often. I know he's doing shit, but it's not usually shit I'm kind of, like, check out. And then I'm just like, I hope you come back to the genre more often, good sir, because I like to see you. And yeah. aside from, again, those X-Men and About a Boy, I really, I'm going to go pull up his filmography right now and be like, have I just missed him and stuff? But I don't think so. Because he's doing, like, the great on Hulu, which a lot of white women tell me I would love, and so I've never hit play on it. Um, <laughs> I've seen some of the great, and I liked it. I don't love it, but I liked it. He's, uh, he's in the menu. He is in the menu. Oh my god, I hated his character in the menu. Yeah, he was good in yeah. that too. What? Uh, he was in Those Who Wish Me Dead with Angelina Jolie. I don't watch her movies movie. often. Um, it's a natural disaster wildfire movie. He was a kind of the Titans. Oh, the Denzel. Oh, no, it's not the Denzel movie. Never mind. I think so. remember the Titans. Never mind. <laughs> Glad <laughs> I caught that. Uh, Mad Max is it Mad Max? I, I saw that. I forgot he was in that because it's been so long. I want to say mm. my last X Men was X Men Apocalypse, which seems to maybe be his last one as well. So we got he no, was he in was Deadpool in, too. He was in Phoenix, Dark Phoenix. I didn't watch that. Look. <laughs> I'm saying he was in it. I liked it. Sorry I liked to all him. But... <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, really... oh, it's in The Walking Dead. Nosferatu is in post-production. The Robert Eggers one with Bill Skarsgård. Oh, hell yeah. Sign me all the way up. Billy Skarsgård gonna be there being a vampire? <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared yeah. already. I'm scared all fucking ready. He's also in Garfield. <laughs> We can go watch that one. We go and just like look around. Oh yeah, they are redoing this for us too. Yeah. yeah, with Lily. Oh, Lily Rose Depp. We'll see how she goes. I've heard about the idol, and I've heard the ad, and I just oh, I didn't know she was on there. That's the reason people started hate watching it. Um, I did not start hate watching it, but I've heard the ad on Spotify so many times. The idol seems like maybe the worst show to happen to TV this decade. And we all watched Tiger King together in the pandemic. So for me to say I that, did watch all of that shit. We all did. And I almost came back for the Carol Baskin show <laughs> with Kate McKinnon. And I was like, stop, stop. 
<laughs> She's also in The King. I think he was I in The Walking Dead for two episodes. I I don't know what I saw in The Walking Dead anymore. It's been so long. He could have been right. like in nine episodes, and I I would be like, really, this is news. Like, <laughs> right? Okay, I haven't seen anything with Lily Rose Depp in it, so. I never probably will the way she going. Um, I, well, besides Nosferatu. And I wanted to root for her because I know that like not everybody's awful dad is a, like a sign of who they are. Like for instance, L. King, her dad is Rob Snyder. That's not her fault. No, oh. no her, she didn't use his name, obviously. <laughs> I actually just talked about this the other day at the bar. Because <laughs> this dude was like, yeah, but she used daddy's money. And I was like, okay, she doesn't yeah. use his name. I, she wants to use his money. That's fine too. Like I don't. I don't care. think she uses money. I don't think they talk. Um, I, okay, they I don't hang out. I don't hang out with her, but I get the impression she's not here for his bullshit, and that's why when people bring him up, she's like, "And we're moving." <laughs> I was shocked that they that he's running for fucking office. <laughs> I'm not because like if there's one thing a white man's gonna do is have capacity, and so I'm like, of course, Fair. of course you would run for office, Rob Snyder of SNL. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Mr. Anti-vaxer. Um, why? And watch his buddies from SNL support him because they're going to be like, I don't believe in his politics, but Boys Club, right? Oh, Looking at Adam Sandler. Um, oh, Adam Sandler. I can't. I'm too disappointed in so many men. I'm just not. <laughs> Back to me. I'm not disappointed in Nicholas Holt. Don't hurt me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please, please. Don't just don't. I need Nosferatu to be right because that would be two vampire movies in a row for Mr. Nikki Holt. Um, true, that is true. Listen, I'm about that life, especially when Billy Skarsgård is playing. A, I I did not know this was happening. I knew Robert Eggers was gonna do a vampire movie. I think somewhere in the back of my head, but I did not know Billy Skarsgård was the vampire. I, yeah, I didn't remember the cast that they got, but that's yeah, I'm down for that. Cause I just show up and again, Robert Eggers. I liked the bitch. Well enough. Um, I did not see the Northman, even though I know Alexander Skarsgård running around shirtless, and that's that's a beautiful vision. But I can't give nothing that much time. I can watch True Blood for that, you know? Listen. <laughs> that's a quicker time. <laughs> and it's more modern. Um, but yeah, I, I'm rooting for this Nosferatu. I need Mr. Eggers to maybe pick up the pacing a little bit. Because again, I like the bitch, but she took her dear sweet time to get to the vision. Um, <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Uh, all right, Sheree, are we ready for hot takes? I just gotta also, I didn't bring this note up while I talk about the writing. The codependency of it all oh, could have yeah, been a yeah. little more subtle. Yeah, yeah, but there's not much about this movie that's subtle. <laughs> Listen, I, I think that subtlety about their strong suit. I think that that and exposition dumps, though, just makes it feel a little bit clunky for me. Mm. And so they're kind of like record scratches every time it happens. Because I'm just like, okay, so he's a codependent little dude. Fine. But it, then it's like, and I'm codependent. I'm like, okay. And I'm codependent. Okay. And I'm going to be less codependent. I'm like, okay, we get it. You codependent, girl. We got you. Move on. New song. <laughs> Do a new dance. Um, and I just, I don't know. I think there are ways we could have like been using that time to move things forward or develop characters more. Instead of being like, don't forget, this is my character. Don't forget, this is my character. And right. again, like, Nicholas Holt is a good actor. And so you could have given him more to do instead of just sort of running the same circle. Yeah, that's fair. Tis fair. Yeah. I don't know. That part didn't bother me as much as the the 
the exposition dumps, but I see your point though. I just, as a Gemini, my spirit cannot do repeating. Um, um, after a couple of repeats, I want violence. And so like, I felt like I was being punished, but also I was having a good time. And so I, I kept going and I'm glad I kept going because it, it ended the day, it was a good time. It was, but I think that those are just some things that are not so smooth. And that's right. not, and that's not this movie's problem specifically. I see a lot of comedies that run into that problem, which is why I don't do a lot of comedies. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right, you ready to get spicy? Let's get spicy. But like, what spice? Nicolas Cage spice? <laughs> what would if Nicolas Cage was a spice? What would his spice be? He'd be a special blend of paprika, cinnamon. Um, oh. <laughs> a couple spices I can't pronounce. Um, <laughs> all of them very pungent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. it's a Mrs. Okay. Dash. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, my hot take is, I, I I do kind of like this movie, though I'm not crazy about it. I do like the idea of examining minor characters in classic stories, and like. So, because Renfield in the original Dracula series is not a huge like he's a part he's a bit part player right Mm -hmm. I like the idea of exploring those characters a little more because they're ideas that haven't been done yet and it could could I'm not saying that it will because it probably won't because the world is shitty but it could allow for more of diverse folks from marginalized communities to get those central roles because uh, they've been forced into side sidekick roles and smaller roles mm-hmm. since the beginning of time. So it could allow us to give them some more space, possibly. It should, but it never does. Because again, I really, really love both Nick's in these roles. Both Nicky's did what they needed to do and that's why it's so fun and it's a good time. But like, I'm willing to bet you my last 30 doll hairs Nobody in the casting directing department or the directing department were like, what if either of those leads were not white? That's never the conversation. People just can't fathom. They're like, the lead's got to be white and then we can find some places around. And that's another reason why I like my favorite horror comedies of the last couple years, which are the ones that show me I like horror comedies, take that into consideration. Like, again, go back to Summer Party Massacre remake. They were like, black people. We also got some queer people. Let's go. Um, where was it then? Joffrey was like, we will not have an all-white cast. What is Sam Richardson doing? Why is he not going to leave before? Let's go. Like, <laughs> um, I think that the filmmakers who understand when you default to fucking whiteness, it's a problem, are the ones that are keeping this subgenre alive for me. Because again, I was ready to do without it. Yeah, yeah. And that's fair. I was, I was just hoping, I think that there's still a possibility that that could happen. Didn't happen here. And it probably won't. I'm usually the optimist naivete person. I <laughs> my glass is half full, Sheree. Okay, it's half full of something because, like, I need to drink a nap. I <laughs> come on over, girl. Come on down here. I'll make you a drink. The way this move was going, I thought I was gonna be down there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it was a ah. oh yeah. People watching the fucking video can see the stuff I'm not unpacked behind me in this new place. <laughs> Thank y'all it's, who are watching. If you're not watching, you're missing a view of some tubs and a dusty bookcase. <laughs> It's um, a transitional face. 
Listen, listen. It's all about ch 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 changes. <laughs> my my actual hot take. <laughs> I didn't think I would like this movie, so I was not gonna watch it. And I'm happy this podcast made me because she was out there. She was newer, and we were talking about doing newer stuff. And summer we do stuff that we don't always think we're gonna do. Rawhead Rex. And so I, I'm happy I was wrong, and I'm happy that this podcast made me see something that I ended up enjoying. I love when this podcast puts a movie in front of my eyeballs that I was going to skip the fuck over, and it's like, I like it. Art. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's happened to a few movies. I was like, miss me. And then we did them, I'm like, oh, it's so good. And then I'm like, hey, y'all, you need to watch this. And they're like, bitch, what? <laughs> we tried to tell you, and I was like, well, then. You didn't say it right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, that is our thoughts on Renfield. Thank you to everyone who watches this on our Patreon. And thank you to everyone who listens to this next week. If you want to watch these for this next month, join our Patreon. We'll be here every week. And uh, next week, we're covering Spree. Not the candy, the movie. I mean, we might bring the candy with the movie. I don't know us. Ooh, that'd be fun. Listen, listen. But that's funny because we were just talking about um, our little Stranger Things, man. <laughs> True. And now here he goes, Mr. Steve Harrington himself. I saw this movie for the first time this summer. I'm not going to lie because Jazz and Jamie been telling me to watch it forever. And I had not watched it. And I watched it. And they're like, we got to do this. We got to do this immediately. Um, I have not have you seen, seen it, yet? it. Oh, I have okay. not. I love Joe Keery, though. He is mm, sexy. He looks really young in this movie, and I I, I need to know how old the... Because I know it came out in 2020, but sometimes things get filmed beforehand. Right. Uh, and so I'm wondering, or maybe he's that's old, just... To, in my defense, he is only... He's 1992, so how oh, old is he? He's legal, in the, he's legal by yeah. the time it's, it's happening, but he just <laughs> yeah. looks so much younger. But also, he's playing a teen, so maybe like makeup on him showed up with the camera angles and stuff, because... He looks the youngest I've ever seen him in my life. Yeah, them trying to pass him off as a teen in Stranger Things is a lot, but he's fine, teen. so I'll take it. <laughs> we, you know what? We need some eye candy in there. That's why the girls snapped season four when we got the Vecnussi <laughs> and Eddie Munson. <laughs> True. Because Steve Harrington was very much to be out of his fucking hair. Oh. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so if y'all, it's probably going to be thirsty next week, just like this week, so you know you want to be there. <laughs> If you thought so, I was thirsty today, y'all don't even know. Y'all don't even fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> Except he doesn't really you. young, so that may it may not be as thirsty as we think it is right now. But I we'll mean, see. I don't remember how old this character is supposed to be, but I think it is like a teen. And that's always weird. I'm sure we're getting a conversation next week about how we cast adults as teens and then sexualize them because that's a RSA I got ruined. But you, this is already what it is. We need to go ahead and get the fuck out. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> We're going on next week's conversations now. So let's just cut it here. That's a good idea. All right, y'all. As always, make sure that you stay fierce out there. Bye.